Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today we're going to be talking about whether you really love your husband and this could be a thought-provoking uh, topic that could lead to a lot of self-examination in women which is what I always aim for for both genders of course is self-examination and a new take on something that you thought was obvious or that you thought that you were already good at well maybe you're not and that leads to a lot of growth and when we stop growing you might as well be dead at least from my perspective um anyway before that please do subscribe the next one to come out will be a subscriber episode um and the prior subscriber episode was uh when your wife won't go down on you uh, which is related to today's episode. <laughs> All right, so how is it related? I mean, unless you're in a coma, you would know how it would be related. So there are a lot of women who say that they love their husband, but they do not do anything in that man's love language at all. Most commonly, men's love language is physical touch, and that includes sex. And although it's not only sex, and I have a whole podcast on how physical touch love language does not mean sex, but for most men, they have a high sex drive and also a physical touch love language, so they have both. And um, there's a lot of women that talk about being a good mother as though it's being a good wife. So they say they love their husband. And if I say, what are examples of that? They say, I take care of everything with the kids and I take care of everything with the home. And this, this, is, this is everybody's favorite line. He never has to worry about the kids. Like that's, that's like always the big one. Like, let me, let me, let me explain something like that's nice, but like guys who get divorced do their half of the stuff too. And it's not considered there. I've, I've never yet heard a divorced guy say, you know what? I wish I was still married because then she would be scheduling this orthodontist appointment instead of me. I just never heard it. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because this goes a lot with my podcast about how guys don't value acts of service. They don't. I mean, usually there are some more traditional guys or guys that were raised in homes where for culturally or whatever, like making food was like a really big thing. So now they really like it or guys who like their mother never made them any food. And so they saw other little boys, mommies make them food or whatever or on TV. And so now like a woman making them cookies or making them a special dinner is nice. It's always nice. Does it usually get to the level of sex? No, it doesn't. So, or even words of affirmation, like I appreciate you doing X, Y, Z. No, not usually. Sometimes, I mean, based on the guy. But according to the guys that I see, the number one by far is physical touch slash sex. That's like the biggest love language by far. And that is really the opposite, as I've discussed in yet another podcast. Um, uh, Acts of service and physical touch are pretty much opposites because you can outsource acts of service the most easily out of all the love languages, but um, you can outsource physical touch slash sex the least easily, at least ethically within monogamy. So there's all these women that say things like, I'm taking care of the kids, so that makes me a good wife. He could tell I love him because I do all this stuff around the house, yet he doesn't really care. You know, like if you stopped cleaning, for example, he would just get a cleaner or he might clean, or he wouldn't clean. You know, like it's it's not a thing that shows that you love him. So then some women say, well, I tell him I love him. And so then when we go in depth, this is like at the end of the calls, he says, love you, and you say, love you too. So, I mean, I don't know. Are you really saying you love him? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, as much as when I say to somebody, how are you? And they say, fine. It's like a call and response. It just means like we are people, we are awake, and we understand what we're supposed to do when somebody says something. 
So it's not really meaningful. So then, uh, of course, some people are going to be like, so does that mean the only way to show that I love my husband is by having sex? Yeah, no, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, no, obviously, it's not the only way. Like, of course, there's no man with a heart that's going to, like, not appreciate if you get him some special gift that you really looked out for or whatever. But, you know, the here here's what it really is. If the man has said he has a specific love language, and usually it's physical touch, and you don't do that one, but then you do the special gift, are you really acting loving? No, not really. If your kid said that the number one thing that they wanted for their birthday was like, you know, uh, a certain sweatshirt, and instead you bought them like a pair of pants, are is it a good gift? It's not, you know, does it show that you're attuned to them? It doesn't. So... You may, so so there's two types of women who are listening to this. One that loves their husband genuinely and has really not thought about the fact that if you don't do what the person themselves values, then are you really being loving? Because remember, love is a verb. I like that quote because it's true. Love is a verb. Everybody knows that with a baby. You cannot love a baby from afar. You know, I mean, you can, but they die. You know, I mean, if you you got to be in there like physically, you know, touching and cuddling and loving your baby or they die of failure to thrive, which is very sad. That's what happens, you know, when they don't have parents and stuff. So in, in institutions. But anyway, um, the point is, it's the same with adults. They don't die, but they emotionally die when they feel that you don't really love them as a verb you know like if your husband loved you but like how I have the podcast like there's no way to be a loving husband without doing chores there's just no way to see your wife doing all the shit walking past you with the trash with this with that you're sitting there on your ass she's making all the lunches she's doing all this stuff I don't see this a lot in my office of course those women in this situation can't drag those guys into couples counseling because they don't do anything these men but and there do exist men like this, just like there exist women like this uh, that don't really do much. And they're depressed, they have ADHD, they have an addiction, whatever, but they don't do anything. But there's, are those men being a loving husband? Is it being a loving husband to say, oh, sweetheart, you look so beautiful there, struggling by yourself to drag the trash bin to the curb before you get in and do three more hours of housework and parent the kids and put them all to bed. And then you drop asleep and then you wake up early to do the whole thing over again while I sleep late. If he says that she looks beautiful, if he says that she's the most wonderful woman and he loves her so much, does he really? No, he does not. If he thinks he does, he's delusional. And it's the same thing as the woman who rejects her husband's sexual overtures and refuses to be open-minded in the bedroom. And by open-minded for some women, that just means having sex at all. Um, hopefully you can do better than just having sex at all. But, you know, it, can you really love somebody without at all responding to what their love language is? I mean, only in theory, you know, not not really in any sort of meaningful way, because then you're not loving them like a verb. You know, you're just you're loving them in some other way, which is not really love. Now, there's other women listening who don't really love their husband, you know, and this and then it's really kind of uncomfortable to listen to this because they're like, no, you know what? I have too many unresolved empathic ruptures. There's too much bitterness, too much water under the bridge. And when I think about making him happy, honestly, it makes me uncomfortable because I think who the fuck is he that he should be happy because I'm so unhappy. 
you know, and I've told him all these years that, you know, he needs to do this, that, and the other, and he needs to pay attention to me, and he needs to be more romantic, or he needs to do shit around the house, and he doesn't. So you know what? If the only way that I could love him is by doing stuff that he wants, then I guess I don't love him, and you know what? I really don't. Well, you know, if you're in that situation, then you probably should be in couples counseling. You probably should not be saying love you too at the end of the phone call because it's not real. You know, you really don't. You don't love it. If you will not, here's a definition. If you will not go out of your way for somebody, if you will not go out of your comfort zone for somebody, then I don't think you really love them. You know, I, and, and it could be something really to introspect about because with your kids, it's like so funny, like to get women in couples counseling that they say, but I don't want to sleep with him. I say, yeah, but like, do you want to do everything you do as a parent? Oh, no, of course not. Well, then, I mean, like, is it not the same thing? You don't do what you, but like, how do you, how can you have a relationship that's meaningful with another human being while also still only doing what you want to do? Of course, you wouldn't think you could do that as a parent. You wouldn't even think you could do that as a friend. So like when your friend asks you to go for pizza, but you would rather go for Chinese, but they had this whole thing planned at the pizzeria and it's their birthday and they like pizza. Do you say no? I only eat Chinese food. No, of course you don't. You know, you try to go with the flow, go outside your comfort zone and do something you don't want to do for the sake of the relationship. So if you're not willing to do that for a partner, then do you really love them? I think it's it's like a tree falls in the forest type of question. And it's something to really, really introspect about. Now, why would people get into this situation where they don't understand this? Where like they don't get instinctively that we go out of our comfort zone for people that we love? Well, what am I going to say? If you're a faithful listener of this podcast, it is, it is rooted in the family of origin, obviously. You likely saw parents in a loveless marriage. Maybe they still said, I love you, but they didn't show love as a verb. If you had seen love as a verb and people going outside of their own comfort zone and going out of their way for each other, then this would be second nature to you. Probably, thank God for at least the majority of people at some time, no matter how nuts your parent was, at some point they did go outside of their comfort zone for you or do something they didn't want to do for you. That's the truth. I mean, you know, Thankfully, the majority of people, even if the home was very dysfunctional, even if the parent was a complete alcoholic or, or borderline narcissistic, whatever, sometimes they did shit that they didn't want to do. You could tell if you ever got fed, because if you got fed, it's not obviously, as you know now from being a parent, it's not the most fun thing in the world to think about food all the time. Now, of course, some people were very severely neglected and they did not get fed. In those cases, of course, you you definitely are going to have trouble. I completely understand with relationships because you didn't get even your most basic needs met. So that truly, you really should be in therapy. This is a terrible, you know, sort of foundation that you were given. And, you know, I do see people in that situation that face terrible abuse or neglect. But the interesting thing is, even in those situations, even when there's terrible abuse and neglect, usually, in fact, every time, really, I've ever thought about, because, you know, with people that had this sort of thing, at some point in therapy, we do talk about were there any positives so that the person can get some sort of feeling like, you know what, it wasn't all bad. It's probable my parent was very disordered, but was doing in some ways, sometimes something for me, because that can be reassuring, you know? And even when I used to work as an intern, 
with kids that were at a group home whose parents had relinquished parental rights, they usually had a couple of examples of a parent doing something for them. You know, that the necessarily that the parent didn't necessarily want to do. You know, like in, in a global sense, like, you know, making them a meal or, you know, something that the parent wouldn't have done if the child was not sitting there in the room, right? So the parent went out of their way in a sense for the child, even if it is such a low level thing in, in when a child has been abused or neglected. They don't have many examples, but they have some. And you know what is so depressing? Those children in those situations they have more examples of somebody going out of their way for them, a parent that actually they were taken from in many situations or that relinquished parental rights. They have more examples than like Joe and Jane average marital couple, honestly, that comes in for couples counseling because people will go for decades not doing anything for each other but remaining married. Now, what kind of example is that for the children? How are your children going to learn how to get outside their own comfort zone or do something for a spouse when they have not seen it literally at all? Basically, mom does what she wants and takes care of us. Dad does what he wants and takes care of us. And mom and dad never do anything for each other. That's a very sad situation for the children because the children then do not learn how to be a loving spouse. I mean, it's... it's. Even just for that, you should go into couples counseling, you know? I mean, to learn how to do something so that the children see that people do things for each other within a loving relationship, because how are they going to do that without a template? I mean, shit, why don't you do it? Because you didn't have a template. In 99% of situations, you don't do it because you didn't see it. So I say to people, oh, you know, it's very hard for you to get outside your comfort zone for your spouse. How often did you see your parents do that? And they're like, oh, oh, well, shit, now that you mention it. Never, 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 ever, ever. My parents barely talked to each other or they constantly fought or they got divorced and uh, nobody remarried. And basically, I never saw anybody do that ever. So then don't replicate that same thing for your children, right? Because if they have no template of how to be a kind and loving spouse or how to go outside their comfort zone for somebody, then they will not do it. They will end up in the same kind of shitty marriage that you are unfortunately in if you're in this situation. And if it makes your stomach twist to think about doing something outside of your comfort zone for your partner, then couples therapy or individual therapy would be um, recommended forthwith because, you know, it's it's if you can't get over that hump of bitterness and resentment such that you can act like a loving spouse, then, you know, it may be best not to be around because, as I said, you know, in like your kids are learning what it is to be married from you. And if the home is filled with bitterness and resentment and coldness and conflict, that is not good for them. I have so much stuff about what marital conflict does. And there's a lot of people that tell me they don't have any marital conflict, by the way. And then when we talk about it, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, of course, like we snipe at each other, but I mean, we don't like throw things like my parents used to. No, 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 I'm talking about conflict. Conflict is fighting, arguing, sniping, sarcastic remarks, passive aggressive remarks, ignoring one another, you know? All of these things are tools in in and and ways and to express conflict and the children pick up on conflict and it hurts them. All right, well, I hope that you guys got something out of this. I hope that you subscribe. My next one's going to be subscriber only. If you like talking about these things with me, then join my Facebook group. I post in there a lot. It's only $4.99 a month. Blue subscribe button on Facebook on my The Dr. Psych Mom Facebook page. And I will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.